G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. I'm excited about the potential for what can happen uh, through this coming hour because when we talk about money, sometimes we're talking in terms of a good theory. Uh, But we're going to be talking practical things today and how you take action to really turn things around when you're in a challenging situation. We've all heard that expression, talk is cheap. We all know that sometimes we can talk endlessly about addressing financial issues in our families and nothing happens. Well, today we're talking about money and families taking things to a whole new level and applying some knowledge that we have and seeing real transformation to our own finances. And importantly, today's conversation includes the way we as parents are able to navigate a pathway for our children to become wise money managers so they control money rather than money controlling them. Well, our special guest through this coming hour, Justin Pagotto, is back with us. He leads a ministry called 1010, based on John 1010 that says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Of course, those are the words of Jesus. Justin Pagotto, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Pleasure to be here. Hey, Justin, let's talk about uh, talk being cheap. Uh, I wonder whether we start with some sort of, you know, biblical Christian foundation for how we might think about money here, because it is true that so many of us can talk endlessly about it, but actually implementing some action plan isn't as easy as it always sounds. What are your thoughts about a biblical foundation? Sure. So let's have a look firstly at Proverbs 10. Uh, for which says, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Or we could say Proverbs 14.23, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. So I've been thinking a lot about this, not just about money, but also in other areas of the Christian faith. Uh, you really- know, even ever since I was uh, a young man, I remember uh, an impression, and I can't even remember the name. I think it's a proverb too, but it's, I can't think of the uh, chapter and verse. Uh, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest brings poverty swiftly upon yeah, a man. I think poverty will come on you like a bandit. I like a bandit. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so uh, you know, it's something that uh, I guess branded in my mind and uh, always conscious uh, in those times when you feel lazy uh, that, uh, you know, there are some consequences to that. But uh, understanding that sometimes, uh, you know, takes a, a divine uh, inspiration moment to, to appreciate that. What, what do you think about, you know, how you get impressed with that sort of idea that you've got to do more than just talk? Well, I think Jesus said, didn't he, um, don't be a, a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word. 
and so is anything if we don't apply it, if we don't put it into practice. And uh, I think we're talking about this a little bit later, but um, one of my mentors has a has a great teaching called The Science of Transformation. And I think often we look at the big picture, but we don't actually know how we actually bridge the gaps. And he says, you need to practice till it becomes a habit, and then a habit becomes a reflex. A reflex becomes a lifestyle, and a lifestyle becomes a state of being. Fascinating, isn't it? It is fascinating, and I suspect uh, it's easier to do it when you're partnered with someone so your spouse so if you are mum and dad and you've got children and uh, you know you can have mum and dad off on different trajectories thinking about things at a different level but if you're on the same page I imagine that makes it a little bit easier because there's some accountability any thoughts there around uh, the, the the idea of having uh, two people pursuing that together and making that their own goal together yeah well unity brings a blessing doesn't it so when you're on the same page and you're flowing together, uh, it does make it a lot easier. But, however, you know, in the work that we do with families, the, there is often um, differences of, of opinion on many things in relation to parenting. So I would always say uh, to parents who want to move forward in any area of their parenting, including with money, just to start, just to start. So Mark Twain, he actually said the secret to getting ahead is getting started, and I would 100% agree with that. That you know, often just uh, the the biggest obstacle sometimes is just taking the first step, and so we need to overcome that, take the first step, and move forward. When we're talking families and finances, and we do want to get a focus on you know how you help the kids, but you do a lot of uh, financial counselling and uh, advising people in a lot of different ways through your ten ten ministry. Uh, I imagine for some you're starting at really really foundational basics, and others are a little bit further ahead. But you've got to get everyone on the same page before you can move forward. Yeah, so you've got to have a vision. You know, without vision, you know, it says people perish. So you must have a vision for where you're going in your family uh, for what I call real prosperity, which we've talked in other areas of the show, peace, wholeness, and well-being in every area of life. And so I really uh, encourage parents to really clearly state what is the vision for not just their their money but also their health, their nutrition, uh, their spiritual practices practices, their attitudes, uh, exercise, our relationships, ministry, uh, all those things are really important rhythms which we need to do in order to uh, build momentum and we'll talk a bit more about that later. What about the thought that you've got some people in families uh, who might be thinking, my parents were poor, I'm poor... Our kids will probably be poor. Maybe it's because we're growing up in a certain neighbourhood or a certain town or a certain suburb uh, that somehow or other you've got to be able to break a cycle. Is there a cycle that needs to be broken? And uh, obviously, as parents, that's what you want to break with your kids if that's been your cycle. Absolutely, and it all comes down to belief. So our belief systems are both conscious, subconscious and unconscious. And the real action in transformation is actually getting God's revelation into all three of those areas, the conscious, the subconscious, and the unconscious. Uh, 
uh, Romans 12 says to be, uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So beliefs belong to the spirit realm and determine your relationship with the spirit realm. And so we must uh, we must challenge beliefs that, that set themselves up against the knowledge of God, the scripture tells us. And if you believe you're going to be poor forever, if you believe there's no hope, uh, there's a saying, the hopelessness about a situation is a bigger problem than the situation itself. Uh, hopelessness in our own belief, as you say, uh, and then that actually translating into our financial abilities, uh, our money. And uh, a lot of people like to separate their money from their spirituality, but they are actually inseparable. I wonder if you've got any insight there as to uh, get the spiritual side right too, and that's going to have a flow-on effect to your money. Absolutely. So the, we are body, mind and spirit and money reflects what's going on in our heart. And so if we have faulty uh, belief systems around anything that let's just say money, then it's going to create feelings, negative feelings and negative chemicals in our brain. And then uh, from that ne- negative chemical reactions, negative emotions around money and then our behaviour. So we behave according to what we believe. But as I was saying before, our brain is very plastic and can change. So why wouldn't we want to go on this incredible journey with God of saying, I'm going to partner with you, I'm going to do take the little steps, and it doesn't matter where we start, but I'm just going to start and create rhythms in your life to do that. And it takes time, energy, and money, and often that's, uh, why people don't start because it is hard things are hard Justin, it's easier sometimes to be lazy well I said in the introduction uh, we'll talk practical things today and uh, I know there'll be some listeners saying let's hear some practical things you have uh, what is called the hard things challenge uh, now I wonder if you can give us some insight. We have mentioned it on a conversation or two before, but uh, give us a reminder of what the Hard Things Challenge does and how that might benefit uh, those parents who are listening to us now trying to break those cycles and uh, teach their children a whole lot of good money wisdom. Yeah, sure. So this is, again, part of uh, one of my mentors. And, you know, one of the keys is to find mentors who you respect and are a lot further ahead of the journey and and actually submit yourself as an apprentice to them. Um, so what I'm talking to you about today, I've learned from some of my mentors. So the Hard Things Challenge looks at what we were talking about before. You must do it. If you want to change in area, any area, you must practice something. You must have a rhythm in your life. And we talked about the seven areas uh, before of nutrition you know, the chemicals in your brain, relationship, connection, exercise, environment, spiritual practices and attitudes, and then that becomes a habit, a reflex, a lifestyle state of being. So the 21-day hard things challenge just starts people off doing very small things. So the first one is prayer. You know, it starts praying for five minutes. Now, there's nobody on the planet who doesn't have five minutes uh, to pray each day, do they? Uh, the second one is reading a chapter of Proverbs. The third part of the Hard Things Challenge is to record your favourite verse and journal. Uh, and then we talk about listing three 
score and that moves up the further you go up the, the challenge, you start to list 10 things. Uh, number five is complete daily declarations and that's all about renewing our mind and uh, humility, excuse me, is simply agreeing with God. So we need to actually declare uh, biblical truth and promises from God to actually be part of the renewing of the mind and bringing uh, God's revelation into our conscious, subconscious and unconscious uh, uh, part of our mind. Uh, the next one is move your body for at least five minutes, eat something awesome, drink three litres of water, intentionally love someone, uh, practice your triggers, which means uh, when I take a drink of water, I say, Jesus, you're the water of life, and I thank you that rivers of living waters are flowing through me. That's an example of a trigger. Number 11 is make a genius financial move. And what that means in the context of this show is, you know, there's four areas around money, what we spend, what we save, what we invest, and what we give. So each day I try and learn something new about money. And the last 12 months I've tried to <laughs> develop uh, different income streams. And that's been a really fun exercise to see if I can make uh different income streams from different different products or different different uh, investments. And then the last one is to be an accountable, uh, post an accountability photo. So for all the people who sign up today at 1010life.com.au, I'll, I'll shoot you an email um, where you can actually get access to the Hard Things Challenge. And it's free and it's a, it's a great way to get momentum in all, all of your area of life. And I'm up to the third level now. Uh, so up to 63 days, and it's, it's a part of my life now. It's a good rhythm. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. Our conversation today with Justin Pagotto, who leads the ministry called 1010, and we're talking about uh, the thought that talk is cheap, Applied knowledge brings action. And uh, taking calls 1-800-316-316. If you have a question or a comment or you've got a scenario you'd like to run by our special guest today. Uh, Before we take any calls, Justin, uh, let's just talk for a moment because when we talk about a list of things to do and those are real action steps, because we're all typically quite secular-minded, there's a tendency to sort of separate the spiritual ones out of the practical ones and say, well, the practical ones will create a habit on their own. What's the difference, do you think, when God is in the mix, when you have these steps and you have submitted your pathway to the Lord? Yeah, what I do in my life as well, um, the first step is really a continued surrender to God. So I think that's the first thing. In anything that we do, we need to make sure that we're surrendering to God and uh, you know, asking for his lordship in a greater way in our life. The second thing is to live a lifestyle of abiding. As John 15 said, you know, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. So that 21-day hard things challenge, it sort of fits when the surrender and the abiding uh, are already in place. So I want to let people know that uh, it comes off the back of those two key key hard attitudes. 
Is it a stretch to say that when you are dealing with a spirituality and your finances, that that is a way that you, in fact, can prove the presence of God active, actively working in your life? I mean, I'm just thinking of, uh, you know, the last book of the Old Testament in Malachi, you know, prove me in this, and that's all around issues to do with money. Uh, when you've got God in, this, in the midst of your finances, is there a certain sense in which when good things happen, you can recognize the divine hand of God? Absolutely, absolutely. So we want to be faithful stewards, don't we? And, and the verse that comes to mind, I think, is it Luke, Luke 16, 11, I think, where it says, now, if you can be, if you can't be, uh, if you can't handle worldly riches, how much more can you handle? You can't handle spiritual riches. So that's a very, very interesting uh, verse, isn't it? That God calls us to steward money as a way to nurture our our faith and to grow us to be more like Jesus. They're not. They're not separated. And so aspirations for our own leadership in the kingdom of God or our own leadership even for our family and aspirations for our children serving God in their lifelong pursuit might actually come down to a start with how we deal with money. Hey, we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. A question, a comment, a scenario. Let's take a call. Tyrone is in Victoria. Hi, Tyrone. Welcome. Hi, Neil. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I have a question for, for Justin. I mean, I think of, uh, you know, in life, I think of, of, uh, I've ticked a couple of boxes in terms of, you know, I'm a Christian. I devote a lot of my time and my energy to, you know, the Christian life. And, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've faithfully tithed as well. Um, I've been doing that for many years, and I did start small. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I think the biggest challenge I'm faced with at this point in my life is I'm struggling to save and invest. Um, you know, I just, uh, that's, a, that's been a big struggle of mine. Is there any, I mean, do you have any advice or, or anything that you could potentially, you know, help me with or maybe something smaller to start with? Or Great question, Tyrone. Uh, let's hear from Justin. So are you, are you an employee, Tyrone? Uh, yes, I am an employee. Okay, so the, the first thing, there's two, there's two things you can do. The first one, I guess, is uh, as an employee, if your salary is fixed, you need to be ruthless in, I guess, dealing with your budget and then uh, freeing up some money so you can invest. Because uh, there's, no, there's no other way if your uh, salary is fixed. The second one uh, I'll encourage you to is to start um, investing time, energy and money into certain uh, investment programs or businesses. Just start finding out about business, start finding out about investments uh, and learning. And then through that process, like as I said, I've been on a bit of a journey in the last 12 months to see if I can uh, create some new income streams. And, you know, it hasn't been millions of dollars, but I've created about uh, five or six different ways of making money in the last 12 months and just start. Just start. Um, a really good place to look at is the, uh, the Kingdom Business Summit, uh, which uh, one of my mentors runs, Raising Royalty, Benji Alexander. And in that, you just get exposed to lots of 
very different kingdom people, uh, different income streams, different ways to think. And it's very encouraging to hear these people's testimonies of how they live, they live for God, some of them under very difficult situations. So, so if you are encouraging to take time to invest in resources, education, so you can start thinking like a business owner or like a, uh, a way to create money that's not tied to your salary. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. How much time would you devote in a day uh, to doing those things that might give you that extra uh, knowledge and understanding that you can eventually implement as some sort of action? How much time each day, Justin? Uh, so I'd like to. I don't always do it. I like to take one to two hours to learn something new a day. Okay. Tyrone, is that, yeah. uh, is that helpful then? Uh, yes, that's helpful. I'm going to define one or two hours, but that's good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, Tyrone, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Diana is in Northam in WA. Hi, Diana. Welcome. Thank you. My question was... Can you give me, please, the website address to join up for the challenge? Okay. Uh, the Do you have the address just on hand? I'll uh, give the... Ten- uh, the 21-day hard things challenge? Yes. Is that, is that what you mean? If what, yes. What you can do, Diana, if you go to 1010life.com.au and sign up, okay. and there's a few 10, so 1010 life .com.au yes. so 1010life.com.au and on that we give you three three free things one is how to build a lifelong bond with your kids the second one is the top 10 things parents need to teach their kids and uh, teens to stay out of debt and the third one is raising royalty uh, Christian family movies so when you sign up to that it'll send me an email and I'll send you the links for the 21 day hard things challenge and if Tyrone's listing, um, if he does that as well, I'll send him the links to uh, some of the Kingdom Business Summits or Seven Streams of Income and he can start his, uh, his journey. Fabulous. And uh, we'll give the 1010life.com.au website as we go through our conversation too. It is an opportunity to move from just being talk to action. Diana, thank you so much for your call. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Ben in Kalgoorlie in WA. Hi, Ben. G'day. How are you doing? Very well, Ben. Need to be quick. News is coming up. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, my thoughts is that been a good steward of finance, um, paying ahead of on my utility bills to the point where they own me. I wonder, is that being a good steward? Paying bills ahead? Um, just just, ex- just explain, explain that a bit more. I'm not sure what you're... Um, what it is, I get paid... Yeah, what it is, I get paid fortnightly and I worked out roughly how much I pay on my utility bills per fortnight and I'm actually getting ahead to the point where, let's say, I'm about three months ahead, yeah, at t- or a month ahead on my oh, bills. So you're budgeting, so you're budgeting, yeah. so you don't have a big bill at the end of the three months. Well, they're, they're all good things, is to manage your cash flow well. But I'll, I'll throw something out. I mentioned um, uh, before that I've been exploring different ways to make money. So I'm part of this group where I can help people with their essential uh, bills at home. 
home, energy, mobiles, internet, to actually get paid to actually help people on their bills. So that's even better, isn't it, to help and get discounts off my energy bill by helping other people in that area. So there's plenty of different ways. We're just going to open up our mind to look at different, different, um, different ways of making money. And we've been talking about a spirituality around money and there is a connection of money to the heart. So you can call us and be a part of our conversation. You might have a question. You might have a comment. You might have your own scenario you'd like to present for our special guest today at 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Justin, let's come back to something that you were saying in the first part of our conversation that if you don't make time to change your routine, nothing much is going to change. Uh, Making time's got to be an important element here. Absolutely. So the rhythms of our life actually control the life that we live. And so, you know, I find rhythms, the rhythms in the the 21 Day Hard Things Challenge actually set me up uh, for my life. They're not a, a burden or they're not a, a chore. They actually give me life and they give me that 10-10 life that Jesus was talking about. When you put in, invest into the things that really matter, uh, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and and giving, uh, you know, serving people, everything else comes into, uh, everything just fall, uh, happens as a byproduct of doing that. So I really encourage everyone Get the rhythms in the lot in your life that are going to actually set you up uh, for a ten ten life. Given these spiritual connections to money, is it a wrong thing to, in fact, connect your family budget with a time when you might have a daily devotion? Oftentimes, as Christians, we'll say you should have a time each day where you set aside some time for prayer and Bible reading. Is connecting the family budget to that time of devotion a stretch, or is that something that should flow naturally? Uh, well, I think it, as you're actually reading the Bible, there'll be plenty of things that talk about money. I think there's over 2,300 2, verses about money. So if you do that, it's just a normal part of letting the Bible uh, go deep in your heart. And when you do that, uh, you will actually get the fruit of that. Uh, absolutely. Justin, uh, let's talk knowledge because you can fill your head with all sorts of knowledge about money and and you might even set out on a course where you want to understand something more of the science of money and how that might work in our lives, in our family, in our budget, in making ends meet. But the knowledge in itself doesn't actually do much. You've got to actually take action. What are your thoughts on how you move to the action part of applying the knowledge? Yeah, so as you said, so knowledge knowledge is not power in and of itself. Uh, knowledge itself is powerless, and knowledge itself means nothing. It's only the potential for power. And it only becomes power when it's applied. So the correct expression should be knowledge is power when acted upon. And so I just encourage people again to seek God about it and to actually just take the the next step to do something in saving, investing, uh, giving and spending. That's a very easy, uh, practical way that you can do something with money. And then, as we said before, start educating yourself about different ways that you can invest money or earn money, 
start to develop an entrepreneurial mindset. Some people have a get-rich-quick mentality and uh, there are a lot of stories you might be able to find of people who have gotten rich quickly because they've had a system in place and uh, they've worked that system and that might not necessarily be Christian. Uh, What are your thoughts here for the way that if you're thinking about changing uh, your knowledge and activity and getting new routines that there might be some expectation that like a bolt out of the blue there might be uh, all of a sudden oh a big lot of money Uh, that's not necessarily the way the biblical foundation for accumulating wealth works what are your thoughts here for uh, people who might even think of this as a get rich quick way of thinking about dollars i think god's more interested in the transformation of our heart to be honest than us getting uh, rich quick, and so it's it's a process of stewardship. It's a process of uh, letting him uh, into the deep parts of our heart. It's a process of co-labouring with him, and you know when you start to turn things around, uh, often you know there's a bit of overwhelm. Often uh, we can get discouraged at first. So I just want to encourage people: don't worry about those feelings of overwhelm. Uh, get used to discomfort and do hard things and taking lots of small steps over time, uh, things will accelerate. But back to your point about the uh, get rich quick, I find it fascinating in uh, the NBA, the, the NFL, uh, in America, the professional athletes. There's some, some ridiculous uh, statistic that about 70% of them are bankrupt within five years of retirement even though they've earned millions and millions and millions of dollars. So if you don't know how to steward wealth, then uh, even if you get rich quick, you'll probably give it back and waste it. I think that's a sort of a standard thing too, where uh, you or listeners will no doubt have heard of people who you know have won a big windfall, maybe a lotto or some sort of gambling, and uh, before they know it, uh, the money has dwindled away. It's all gone. It's a little bit too, uh, you know, a little bit like the prodigal son who gets the windfall of the inheritance and uh, goes off and squanders it and. Eventually, while he's feeding the pigs, decides uh, it was nice and warm at home. I might go back to my father. So, uh, so there is a a slow and steady uh, that you know, according to uh, the scripture, uh, working hard uh, brings about an increase of of wealth. So uh, that uh, the work ethic in all of that too, no doubt, has a, a big uh, role to play in in the way that our finances go in our family. And I would add as well, it's not just working hard because sometimes, you know, working hard, uh, doing a particular job uh, that's only going to pay us a small amount of, uh, of salary per hour, we're not really going to get it out of out of uh, if we've got that. So working hard, I think the, the big work is actually changing the way you think and confronting uh, your beliefs around money. So, you know, have you ever said or heard somebody say, you know, I'm no good with money or I don't understand money or I don't have time to learn or it's too hard to learn about money? You know, if you don't address those lies, that's the work, I believe, that that brings success. Actually, going back to the the science of transformation that we talked about before, uh, we need to renew our mind. If we don't, we'll just live you know, with a futile mind, and we need to get God's revelation and understanding into our conscious, subconscious, and unconscious heart, and dealing with our, our hurts, 
around money or our trauma around money or even the lies we believe is an essential part of that and not, not running away from it. Justin, right now in Australia, our unemployment rate is very low. I think it's around 4%. And uh, with that comes the thought of people who are in jobs, that they might move on because the grass looks greener on the other side. There might be another job that's more highly paying. Uh, Any thoughts here around how our own finances might be even restricted by the fact that we're locked into a low-paying job? Is there any thoughts here about, and I guess this comes down to waiting on God as well, but your thoughts here for those who might be thinking about, well, the only way I'm going to get ahead is if I move to a different position. Uh, yes and no. You've also got to look at all the other things, all the saving, investing, spending and giving. You know, money, our job or our, our business is only one part of the equation. And as you said, Neil, it's, it should all become about through our intimacy and abiding with God and doing things in partnership with Him. When we when we partner with God, He, he promises to lead and guide, guide us. Let's come to the thought that it might be hard to change things at the start. Uh, you know, when you talk about uh, 21 days of uh, hard things in challenge, uh, you're not kidding there, are you? Things are actually hard to change in the routine. When you start, for sure. So, um, you know, I've learned over time, like I'll give you a good example um, when COVID hit, I had a, a travel business that took people to the Philippines in order to do either mission work or medical missions or take parents and their, their kids to do charity work or take schools, and that absolutely blew up um, due to the COVID restrictions. And I had a choice. Do I say, oh, woe is me, I uh, can't do anything about it, or uh, do I start <laughs> educating? So I spent a fair bit of time, energy and money on just learning things that was outside my comfort zone and many, many, many days I was feeling overwhelmed. Many, many, many times, you know, I hit a problem that took me uh, sometimes days to work out. So we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's where all the growth is. If we play it safe, you know, we'll get to the end of our life and think, you know, we didn't really uh, go after the kingdom. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own question or comment or a scenario you'd like to run past Justin today. 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Steve is in Parks in New South Wales. Hi, Steve. Welcome. Yeah, g'day, Neil. G'day, Justin. I hope you... God bless you both, and I hope you're okay. Yes, thank you very much. What are your thoughts, Steve? I have a question about a very controversial new form of currency I, I wish to point out I, I'm not an investor, I was many years ago a bank employee and uh, the market sort of interests me just as a hobby but I'm not an investor I couldn't afford to but I'm very worried about these cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and I hear that the four big banks are underwriting them and many Christian people would have their, what little savings they may have, invested in them. There has already been two collapses in this country, uh, crypto exchanges. I won't name them unless you ask me to, but I'm very worried that the big banks would invest, the big four. Now, if we have another 
financial market collapse like we had in 2018, I think it was, it could destroy the big banks. And what I worry about is there, there's nothing underwriting Bitcoin as to their security. Steve, you're making a good point here. Let's get a thought or two because it's tempting for a lot of people to say, oh, well, there is a new currency, uh, whether it's uh, in cryptocurrencies. Uh, that might be the way out of uh, my financial challenges. Uh, your thoughts here for Steve, Justin? Ah, it's a good question, Steve. It's a very good question. So I need to talk through it in in a in a complete way because it is a very controversial topic. Now, for me and cryptos, I didn't understand anything about it two or three years ago. Didn't understand it. Didn't make sense to me. And so I started. I have a couple of friends who have significant holdings in crypto, and I said, you know, help me to understand it. Um, so a couple of points I want to make is the fiat system is absolutely getting destroyed. So how can we print trillions and trillions of dollars of paper money and not destroy the, the paper currency? Uh, so Bitcoin and the other cryptos uh, have come about because people are scared about all that money printing. Um, you know, gold and silver is another way that people have traditionally used in the past to... Um, when people, uh, central banks have, have printed money. So the big question is, what has value anymore? And it is, it's a big, uh, it's a big question. What, what is valuable anymore when you have central banks printing trillions of dollars? Now with crypto, um, as I said, I'm not an expert, so I'll give you some general advice that I've learned learning about it. That, you know, my friends who have a significant holding, they say, you know, most of them are absolute rubbish. So there's thousands and thousands of coins. Uh, but uh, Bitcoin was established in order to be a store of exchange, um, whereas some of the other ones are trying to solve a problem, a real-world problem. So it's not easy, and I would probably give people the advice that Solomon gave. You know, Solomon was the richest man who ever lived. Spread your money to seven or eight. You know, if you're going to invest in, in cryptos, make sure you can't, you don't invest what you can lose, what you can't afford to lose, and you need to be okay with the volatility because uh, it goes up and down like you go. So those would be the two cautions. Uh, start educating yourself on it. Uh, as I said, my friends tell me most of the, the cryptos are rubbish, uh, so you might want to look at the top ones and then only invest what you can afford to lose and <coughs> to uh, spread your money in other areas to seven or eight. I don't know whether I've given you uh, everything that you need there, but that's that's my thoughts on it. Steve in Parks, thank you so much for your call. Uh, we are taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call from another Steve in Kalani in Queensland. Hello, Steve in Kalani. Welcome along. G'day, mate. Good to hear from you. Yeah. Um, just a uh, an interesting thing. We We come back from being missionaries overseas and found ourselves uh, financially very constipated um, and uh, we come back with death um, and I still was involved in ministry and I took up doing some mechanical work again because I was uh, in the motor trade 
and I struggled to get out of debt. And through a whole lot of different circumstances, um, both in being involved in some church ministry and stuff, I got myself into more debt. Um, and then uh, at one stage, we, we bought a house. I, I had a lot of credit card debt. I had a lot of credit card debt first. So that was, I was struggling to pay the um, interest on it. Um, but I sort of worked out that if I used the credit card for everything that we needed and then paid as much cash flow off of it as I could, I'd only pay interest on the amount outstanding that I couldn't actually cover. And so the, the, the interest started to drop down month by month and eventually we conquered it. And then, then we ended up buying a little house in Killarney that probably needed a bulldozer put through it or a major renovation. Um, so we went from a nice rented house around Brizzy to um, a bit of a hovel. Um, but I kept on applying the same principle um, to the house mortgage. So I set up an offset account and I used credit cards to buy everything I needed and then paid everything I could off the credit cards all the time. So in the end, I had more money in the offset than what was required on the credit cards. And I know a lot of people are scared yeah. of credit cards because they've got themselves in a lot of trouble. Um, so you used the 55-day interest-free, did you, to, to have more money working paying your loan? Exactly. I used the bank's yeah. money to actually solve what they wanted yeah. to charge me. Steve, um, you're raising a really good scenario here. Let's get a, a more complete response from Justin. I just want to say, we'll say what's your question? Um, well, the question is, it may not be for everyone, but is it, is it, um, is it a pliable? Like I used the spreadsheet in the end, so I knew exactly who I owed what to, because in the end I was running a mobile mechanic business, um, not earning any more than a wage earner, um, but it gave me the freedom to be who I am supposed to be, you know? Um, so I had, I always owed money to suppliers, always owed, you know, there's always some bill somewhere. So I ran a spreadsheet that um, had all of my money on it and all of my bills that were in front of me, even if they weren't due yet. So I knew exactly how much money I had in the bank. So I had quite a substantial amount of money offset against the mortgage, but the bottom line was most of it wasn't my money. It might have belonged to a supplier until a due date or something like that. Um, And I'm just interested in your thoughts on... Maybe it's not for everyone because if you don't have your finger on the pulse, it might die on the operating table. Um, but yeah, well, what, you, what you've done is very, very clever. Let's hear from mm. Justin. Yeah, so what you've done is very clever. You know, uh, you've actually done one of the things on the 21-day uh, hard things challenge is make the genius financial move. So have the more money you can have in your offset, means that you're not paying as much interest, which means that every payment you make uh, pays more principal than interest. Now, as you say, different people uh, may not be able to handle that. The other thing is, is that you get a lot of uh, frequent flyer points. So I, I uh, uh, took my mum to or sent her to London on my frequent flyer points, and I've gone all around Australia um, through using credit cards wisely. So I think credit cards are not good or bad in themselves. They just give you a line of credit. Uh, and as long as you pay them off every uh, every month uh, at the due date, it's a good strategy. 
but you shouldn't be. I guess the the thing is, credit cards give us the perception that we always have money for something, don't they? So I wonder if I had money in my just cash in my wallet, whether I would buy as much stuff as I would if I'm using my credit card. Steve in Kalani, thank you so much for your call. I hope that was helpful. Uh, We'll have to draw a line under calls and uh, time is running out. Uh, Justin, uh, great insights today. And interestingly, where you've got scenarios that don't seem to fit you know, the traditional right way to do things. Uh, When you talk about that genius financial move, uh, that's going to work differently in every different case. And so I guess, uh, you know, just uh, reflecting there, uh, Steve, you know, at least uh, he's across all of his uh, debts. He's got everything uh, measured up in in a spreadsheet. He knows exactly what's going on. I imagine that's probably a part of the starting point too. If we're just sort of putting a few, bringing a few loose ends together, and and saying to people, how do you do something here in practice? Applying that knowledge. Uh, what are your thoughts about just having that starting point, knowing where your money's coming from and where it's going? Yeah. So the, the develop a system and keep it simple. So budgeting is the first part of developing a system. So knowing what money comes in and what money goes out. Um, is really the first step. So you can't actually do anything until you know how much surplus cash flow you have. Uh, so I would say uh, develop your systems, just start, do something in those four areas, save, invest, spend, or give. Do something, see if you can do something, even if it's a small thing every day. And then, as I said, start the education journey. Uh, so the 21 Hard Things Challenge or for the people who... Uh, sign up to 1010life.com.au. I will uh, send them some other links where they can start their education ch- uh, journey as well. But just start. Remember what Mark Twain said? Just start. And nothing saying we mm-hmm. couldn't all make a genius financial move uh, today, uh, perhaps in the next 10 minutes. Hey, Justin, it has been great getting your insights as always. And let me point people to how they can uh, find that 21 days uh, hard challenge. Uh, let's uh if you've got a pen handy, 1010, that's the number 10, the number 10, life.com.au, 1010life.com.au. You can also join the 1010 Family Life Facebook group. Uh, you can subscribe for free tips on raising happy, more confident children. Uh, there's something in here for parents and for individuals who are looking to do some good things with finances. Uh, there's those free gifts that Justin mentioned, uh, how to build a lifelong bond with your kids and turn them into better humans. Uh, there's uh, top 10, the top 10 things parents need to teach their kids and teens about debt now. And then there's that free family movie and, of course, the link to the 21 Days Hard Things Challenge. Uh, so uh, check it out at 1010life.com.au. Uh, Justin Pagotto, uh, just great at getting your insights. Thanks so much for taking time to share these thoughts with listeners today on 2020. Always a pleasure, Neil. Always a pleasure. I love seeing people uh, take steps. Genius financial moves. I like that. Let's do one in 10 minutes. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.